James. And I'm David. And this is Track Meet, where we pit two songs against each other and see who comes out the ultimate victor. This week, we're doing a title that only I feel like only I could have come up with because it's the needlessly wordy. But it, uh, and I'm sure there's a way to shorten it. But I, 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 I pitched it as songs with titles with words with more than four syllables. So, uh, <laughs> the qualifying. Uh, again, the qualifying term is right there. Your your song has to have at least one word that has more than four syllables. Um, words like um, with like diphthongs like spoiled and oil. Um, I will count. I would I would count as halves. So uh, because you know oil is that a one or a two? I, I encountered this when I was writing a an ACDC based haiku, David. Um, <laughs> and I I was like, wait, how many um, how many uh, syllables is in the word soiled? And I went, so I went to my dad. He's a poet. And I was like, how many syllables are in the word soiled? Because it's really messing up my haiku. And he said, let me introduce you to the diphthong, which technically is um, a, a one and a half uh, oh. um, <laughs> syllable. Because you can, you can either pronounce it as, a one, as one, like spoil or spoil. So, yeah, diphthongs. Anyways, or, or you can so pronounce that's what it I'd like, like to count that as should we uh, encounter that. Or you can pronounce um, it like you're from Texas and go, spalled. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, um, or, or like, uh, or like uh, I've been listening to a lot of uh, paper news out loud, and they, de- they definitely take their diphthongs and make them two solid different uh, syllables. Spoiled, like. <laughs> yep, yep, no. <enough>. <laughs> Now I must um, I must ask this question: Is yeah. the word required to be an actual word? Um, I think that any anything that is pronounceable. Um, although I would like to uh, exclude supercalifragilisticexpialidocious from contention. Well, that's fine, but there there is a thought in my mind of a of a song with a very fantastic title that is all one word and is nonsense. Okay, that I think I think that's fine. I have okay. I have a guess as to what I almost want to write down my guess as to what you're gonna pick, but uh, maybe to try and like do a called shot. But we'll I'll just try and remember that I that I thought of it. Um, yeah. So I was thinking that our special category for this for this one uh, could be n- uh, number of words with more than four syllables in the title. Oh, see, I was thinking about the length and complexity of the word. Okay. Itself. Okay, so, so whoever gets the, mo- uh, the it can ju- it can just be one word, but we're going for more more syllables than four will win. Uh, more more syllables than four, but also perhaps you know, do those four syllables make a bigger impact than the other word? Okay, because we can get into some discussion on you know what does that word mean for the song? Sure, I like it. I like it. I wonder if I'm actually going to pick the song that I think you're going to pick in the hopes that you're not going to pick it. <laughs> I actually need to go listen to the song to see if it if it holds up at all. I actually also just realized that it might be the album title. So oh I have some thinking to do. And I, think I just I want to know right so now. bad. So bad. 
All right, let's go. Let's go find some long words. Okay, sounds good. Welcome back to Track Meet, where we are going over our uh, tetrasyllabic titles, um, and we have a guest. When we recorded our intro, we didn't know that we were going to have a guest, and so we didn't clean up the place or anything, but uh, <laughs> we have a guest uh, joining us, and it is uh, our dear friend Beth. Hi, Hello. Beth. Beth, where where would you say currently that you are from? Buffy speak and oh, I was gonna say Tuscaloosa. Um, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is that correct. doesn't really change. Um, uh, yeah, I would say Buffy speak is my main um, out outport, my main export, really. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, and and uh, and I I was a, a guest on that show last. You were you year. were you were our first. Second guest, third guest. Okay. <laughs> first from the group, though. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and you are our you are our very first guest, and so we are very uh, happy to have you here, and also not knowing how this is going to go. So yeah. blaze this trail with us. So no pressure, and don't screw up. Not at all. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so the topic on the table is, of course, uh, four syllable. Titles with words that have four or more syllables in them. Um, Beth, as the guest, would you like to talk about your pick first? Sure. Okay. Um, so my song is The Predatory Wasp of the Palisades is Out to Get Us! Exclamation point. <laughs> by um, Sufjan Stevens. Oh, I am not quite sleeping. Oh, I am in bed They're on the wall in the bedroom creeping I see a wasp with her wings outstretched It is from the 2005 album Sufjan Stevens invites you to come on feel the Illinois or Thank you for having the full title. <laughs> <laughs> or just Illinois, if you want to uh, go that route, is from his second of his aborted 50 states project. Yeah. He only got to Michigan and Illinois. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I was telling my wife, he perfected it in Illinois, so then he was like, all right, well, <laughs> just gotta let's move on. <laughs> take this one and, and leave. The reason why I picked this song, this was actually... I think the first song that I thought of, I made a whole playlist that was like 20 songs long, <laughs> um, but it started with this. I love Sufjan Stevens so much, and this song uh, really, I don't know, means a lot to me, sticks out to me from his discography because it's... Uh, it's about a lot of things that mean a lot to me, weirdly. It's like summer camp when you're a kid, um, potentially being um, falling for someone of the same gender when you're a child and not really understanding how that fits into your life, being religious. Right. Mm -hmm. um, 
It's a super, super complex story told in this song. And he tells, he, he, he gives this monologue before he performs. I've never seen him live. I would, I mean, I would love to, but he gives this monologue before he performs it. And he's changed it up so many times that nobody really knows exactly what the story is. Mm. The um, basics are, he was at camp. It was in Michigan. It wasn't in Illinois. This says it was in the Palisades <laughs> because he had to change it. Because he was right. recording an album about <laughs> Illinois, which, okay, why didn't you save it for one of your other albums? But I guess this is just what the spirit was moving him to do. The, the, the bare bones of the story, he was at a summer camp. He was eight. He had a friend. It was, he, it was either with his brother or his friend. He got lost. They saw something that looked like a giant bird UFO wasp thing. Um, then after that, kind of the story wavers, like... Either there was an actual wasp or they made it up. They saw something that looked like a wasp and then they kind of ran with it the rest of the time. But that's kind of the background of the story um, for this song. It's one of his most divisive songs because it's one of his most popular. Like this one, you know, uh, Chicago, Feudal Devices, um, Casimir Pulaski Day. One of my favorite things to do, even before, like, before I considered, you know, talking about this song in a critical manner, one of my favorite things to do is go to the YouTube comment section of Sufjan's songs <laughs> and see people try to justify um, saying, no, it's his brother. <laughs> no, it's his, he's, uh, he's, his, he's, he's talking about, it's about childhood innocence, which, I mean, I, and that's one of the one of the crux of the arguments of this song is assuming that gayness cannot be innocent. Right. And it's so funny to me. <laughs> People just don't. It's one or the other. Don't like. And the story of the song, I guess I really haven't gone into that. Yeah. So he goes to the the song is um, the narrative of the song is he's reflecting back on a summer he spent at a camp in Illinois, quote unquote. Right. Um. <laughs> he has a best friend there. He. Uh, kisses him they're at they're in like lake or river or water or something like that he kisses his friend his friend gets stung on the shoulder by a wasp seven times seven it's very (laughs) important um i read so many things about this song before coming i read like like (laughs) people who had written about this song for their college like english classes i read like actual articles i read comments of things i read everything that i could get my hands on just to see different opinions and then the song kind of descends into like a, and then and then sufyan goes home from camp and is thinking about his friend and whether or not you know they were he says we were in love we were in love um you know that childhood like relationship um right. so a lot of people try to uh justify their um bigotry uh, I'm not going to be biased. I'm not. I'm. I'm going to be biased. I'm going to be incredibly biased about this song, by the way, just because. Sure. Um, I kind of uh, discovered it and came into it right when I was like kind of um, dealing with dealing with not in like a bad way, just like kind of confronting, I guess, my own sexuality. And I went to camp for nine years as a kid, mm. all girls camp, and I did have some of those relationships that are so 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 intense with someone of the same gender that you think may like now that you think oh i definitely was in love with her 
Right. Yep. Right. <laughs> I uh, she was probably one of my first crushes and stuff like that. And so I understand. God, summer camp, especially the one that Sufjan went to, which he's described as being, you know, very like secluded in the mountains. And he's, you know, in his forties, so it was probably, you know, pre all of that internet thing. Um, (laughs) This song is just like, it's one of his most controversial. It's one of his most discussed. It's the whole, is the song gay or about God? I I personally interpret it to be just about a a kid who had romantic feelings for his friend at summer camp and is kind of reminiscing on that, you know, and absolutely um, with some religious overtones because this is Sufjan Stevens. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So this this song just it's just it just means a lot to me it's probably my favorite Sufjan song yeah and it just it just worked out super well i was just like <laughs> predatory yes <laughs> god that syllable count <laughs> so yeah all right awesome awesome mm-hmm. well thank you so much for 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 that i love it that's awesome i'm really excited to to pit it against these other two songs um <laughs> Uh, David, do you want to talk about yours? All right, let's talk about Title and Registration by Death Cab for Cutie. The glove compartment is an accurately named and everybody knows it so I'm proposing I had transatlanticism and title and registration in top of mind. Originally, I'd gone through lots of different songs, and then I, I looked at these two hardcore, and it came down to that this is, while transatlanticism is gorgeous and wonderful and cathartic, this song is pretty much a perfect song in my book. The way it's constructed, the way it's written, the way it, it speaks. Um, it's the third single off of Transatlanticism, which became their major label debut. Mm-hmm. And the the song basically tells the story of a breakup by using the metaphor of a car's glove compartment. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not any more... It, it, to explain it, it basically takes the length of an elevator pitch. But the actual <laughs> song itself is far more nuanced and complicated than that and it makes <laughs> it one of death cabs it it's an entry point for that band like if you've never Absolutely heard a death is. cab song this is the song you can point to to people yeah. and it is also possibly one of their most perfectly constructed songs yes i agree and i will leave more to our categories when we get to them okay well um so uh, I really like both of your uh, mid to early 2000s indie rock songs. Mm-hmm. Um, Meanwhile. Neutron, proton, mass effect. Lyrical oxidation, you're irrelevant. Mass spectrograph, your electron volt. Atomic energy erupting as I get all open on Betatrons. Gamma rays, thermal cracking, cyclotron. Any and every mic you earn. Trans uranium, if y'all was uranium. Molecules, spontaneous combustion. Pow. Law of death. Nit proportion gain ink weight. I'm every element around. Lead, gold, tin, iron, platinum.
Meanwhile, um, <laughs> no. What's, what's funny about this is that uh, all three of these songs are from the first albums I heard by each of the artists. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it like I'm like yeah. My introduction to Sufjan was on this one, and Death Cab was on that one, and uh, Black Alicious. This is actually the very first song I ever heard by Black Alicious. Uh, it's called Chemical Calisthenics. Um, I li- my friend Ajay played it for me on the way to drop off our final. For some end of the year or end of the semester, we were driving. I think he picked me up from uh, my apartment. So it was like upperclassmen in college uh, chemistry final test. I think it was the maybe the last test of the of the uh, major. So he was he picked me up and we and he put this on because it was chemistry related, and so (laughs) we sort of jammed out to it. Um, And it is just we're gonna get into it in lyrics, but. (laughs) Um, it's, uh, it's, it's basically a sequel to, uh, a very popular, uh, Jimmy Fallon video was, uh, Daniel Radcliffe rapping the Alphabet Blackalicious song, uh, which was, uh, called, um, Alphabet Aerobics, I think, yep. that was, uh, produced by the same person, and this is basically the sequel to that, where it was like, what if that, but chemistry, um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so this is, I mean, that's really the, the long and short of it is it's just very impressive uh, acrobatic uh, rapping yeah. about concepts related to uh, chemistry. Uh, it not only has a title with four-syllable words in it, but many of the words within the song are also four or more syllables, too. <gasps> so I'm just saying that's, a, that's, that's something that I feel like it has going for it. Uh, and if I had, if this was just my plain old job, like this was my full time, I was like, I'm going to go through this song and see what percentage it is of the song <laughs> is for, for more syllable words. And then I thought, that's way too much work, and I didn't do it. So <laughs> we're going to go with a lot. And, uh, several. Yeah, so this is several. And uh, this, uh, this is from an album, I don't think I said, it's their second studio album called Blazing Arrow. Um, and the whole album is... Uh, just killer. It's just a really, really great uh, indie rap album. So, okay, so let's uh, move into our categories. Um, Beth, would you like to talk about the music of uh, the Predatory Wasp Palisades uh, is out to get us? Sure. Of the Palisades is out to get us. It's a lot. It's understandable. (laughs) I mean, uh, the music for this, it starts out very, like, there's, like, a flute and, like, it's very, like, light and very um, airy, kind of summer campy, honestly. It doesn't change much for the first... Oh, the, the song's like almost six minutes long. It's pretty much very like light and plucky for the first three or so minutes, and then it comes in and it kind of gets... I have been trying to figure out a word for this for about three days now. I cannot figure out the word. There is a word in Christianity when you like get overcome with like spirituality when you're worshiping or something and you like lose your mind and it's like you can't think about anything else you can't talk about anything else you're like you're, you've got tunnel vision on the lord and i can't think of the word i'm beginning to think it's not actually a word because every word that people say to me i'm like that's not it but the closest that i can come to it it's um it's when it starts going like Great sights of the 
kind of like the same thing um when Mitski recorded Nobody, she said that it came from, like, a fugue state that she was in, where she was, like, curled right. on the floor of her room saying, nobody, nobody, nobody. That's kind of what this is. It's like a, rap- a state of rapture. Rapture, or like a- rapture is a really good word for it. <laughs> for, like, fervor, euphoria, ecstasy. These are all words that have been raveling around in my head. Yeah, yeah. yeah the music just kind of, like, swells. Combined with the lyrics, that moment is kind of what makes the song for me. Honestly, um, the lyrics, I mean, like, the lyrics are incredible, but that moment in the song is, like, it just, it's almost like, I don't know how to describe it. Maybe it's just me personally. It kind of, it's sad, and it's, like, it's, it's the feeling of the drive back from the camp, and you're thinking about all the fun that you've yes. had. And you're, like, so, like, overwhelmed. And especially in this case, he's overwhelmed thinking about his friend and, like, the love that they had. Um, It's just this huge, like, breaking kind of wave of what's coming before, what came before in the song and then what comes after. It, it, you know, it goes down. It just, it's just, it's gorgeous. I love the, I just love everything about it. It's, like, light. It's very Sufjan. It's very light and airy. It's actually one of his more, like, I would say, uh, composed Mm-hmm. Um, songs. It doesn't sound as like improvised. I think as mm-hmm. a lot of his songs do, even though that's probably even though he probably works for you know years <laughs> on them. It just it does sound like he just sat down and he's like, I'm gonna record a song about a camp today. Um, <laughs> this is not one of those songs. It's very like um, structured. Yeah. Uh, and um, I think. I am going to give it a three. Oh, okay. I, I didn't, I would, like, to be straight up honest, I would, for this song in particular, I would give it all fours, but I don't want to do that. I feel like that's a <laughs> cop-out. Um, and, and, and when I think of the song as a whole, the music doesn't mean as much to me as the lyrics do. Okay, that's fine. So I'm going to give it a three. Yep. But I'm going to tell you now, this music is a four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This music is gorgeous. Um, yeah. It is composed, and it's impeccably composed. Um, dynamics is a word I think of. Um, mm-hmm. I always think of that in the loud, quiet, loud thesis with the Pixies, which is always a, mm-hmm. a thing. Tension release, tension release, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. continuing to build over the course of the song as we get to the swell and then the crash through mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You know, I, I keep finding myself thinking of, like, In Sea by Terry Riley and Philip Glass and... Mm. those sort of fugue phase pieces that they do where, you know, it started off as just, you know, basically you take two pianos and start playing them off rhythm of one another and you start building this phase loop out of it. But eventually when you start to orchestrate that as music, you get these tone, these dissonant tones that come across. And a lot of the horns and the woodwinds that are being used here are using a lot of those themes and tones that I've heard before. I also, yeah. I also love the fact that this is a waltz. It's a 3-4 song. <laughs> you could waltz and dance to this song, and it would work perfectly. Um, and it just gets in my head of creating a dance out of this, because it is eminently gorgeous in that way to be danceable. Which makes palisades a great word to, to yeah, repeat. Yeah, palisades, palisades. Oh, yeah. so okay. good. <laughs> so, I mean, just, yeah, I give it a 4. Move the music for this... Uh, I'm going to say um, I think that you're you're right, Beth. I think that it it's so tied in with the lyrics um, that they 
the his the lyrics are sort of you know um, another instrument. I feel like that he that he is playing. Um, that I feel like uh, the music by itself is beautiful. And if this was like an instrumental, it would sound of a piece of the album, and it would work absolutely. However, I would say uh, that it needs the lyrics to to boost it up to that uh, level of like exaltation that you were talking about. Um, so I think that I'm going to give it. I'm going to split the difference and give it a three and a half uh, because it's gorgeous and wonderful and beautiful. But I think that on its own, the music would uh, not be as good as it is uh, paired with the lyrics. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it a three and a half. All right, David, let's talk about the music of Death Cab for Cutie. <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> um, this song is sneaky good because it sounds like a real simple pop song. Mm-hmm. But they're playing in 4-4 four, four time, but on three measures, which creates this mm. weird disorienting feeling like... It, basically what it's doing is it's driving the song forward, but you've got this chord progression where you go up, 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 and then back again, and then you loop back around over and over. So there's no resolution on how the music goes. Mm. And add on top of that how you've got... Because live, when you see them do this, it's kind of insane how they have to set it up because Ben Gibbard has to play a drum machine, <laughs> and then... As he as he gets back on the guitar, Chris Walla jumps off of would jump off of his guitar over to the keyboard to go play the solo part, and they jump off the drum machine. Then Ben would have to jump back on the drum machine to play it. So there's a ton of layering of the sounds that are going on, but it never feels like it's not not cohesive. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it's I don't think it's like the most gorgeous thing I've ever heard. But it is so precise and so cohesively done. I went for a three and a half on this. Okay, I think that makes sense to me, Beth. This is kind, of, yeah. This is kind of getting into the re-listenability too. But this is the one song that has been stuck in my head mm-hmm. like all week. I'm not yep. joking. Like every time, I my brain is quiet. I hear the like. Like, you know, like, (laughs) just the thumping, it's just, it's a good, like, it's a good start, and, um, this is not my favorite Death Cab song. Yeah, this one, um, more, even more than the Sufjan one, which I love, um, has gotten stuck in my head. It's just like the, it's just, it's such a solid beat, and like, Mm -hmm. I love the guitar, it's it's like it's quintessential death cab it's yep. just like the Absolutely. you can't like i just i think of this more than i think of like you know what sarah said the piano and all of that stuff when i think of death cab this is the sound that i think of yeah. so i think a three and a half is i think i'm gonna give them a three and a half as well yeah i mean i think this is everything that encapsulates death cab's whole thing their the lyricism the sort of general sound uh, what they can do, the simplicity, but also the complexity within, you know, the music and and the lyrics and stuff. So yeah, this is this is, um, you know, primer Death Cab in 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 all the best ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There, there's something very maybe it's the imagery getting into my head, but like it feels like perfect to listen to, like you know, with the doors, you know, in a car, doors closed, dome light on, sort of like parked mm-hmm. somewhere. It sort of feels like that sort of 
slightly claustrophobic, like, um, I'm not sure if that has to do with measures or time signatures or what, but to me it sort of feels like, all right, we're here, we have, you know, just the space of this car to play in. I think that, I think that a three, I, I was I was leaning towards a, a three, and then I realized that I don't know why I was doing that. So <laughs> I think, uh, I was like, I had, when, uh, yeah, anyways, so, because um, I was like, this isn't the best, and I was like, what what is better than this and i think that this is as good as it gets probably (laughs) for death cab um for music i mean i think i think death cab is a lyrics band um yeah i think that the music is is a is a vehicle to convey uh the lyrics um is as how so are sort of i uh i think the context i put them in so i'm going to agree with the crowd um for once in my life and (laughs) also do uh a three and a half all right. Well, James, do you want to talk about the Blacklister song? Sure, James, I will. Okay. Um, uh, Good introduction, James. <laughs> Thank you. I feel very comfortable. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Um, uh, it's so hard because this is a, a rap song. And, again, the lyrics here are the star. And there's not a lot of... I wouldn't say, like that this is going to get in I don't I wouldn't say like the music is going to get in anyone's head. I don't know that there's really like a hummable thing to get into. I think that, you know, there are good beats uh that are that uh Cut Chemist puts behind it. Um I think that uh there's some cool like uh bass stuff going on. Um but I wouldn't say that like if if I played someone this song and said, Tell me about what you think about the music that you just heard, I don't know that they would give me anything much more than a blank look um so i think i'm going to give this a three for music i'm gonna give this a two and a half for music because i think i feel i'm I'm confident in uh other categories um being able to make up for it and i just don't think that i there's a lot of legs to stand on for like the musicness of of this particular song i mean there's good stuff it's not like this was nothing or like an acapella track or something, but um, I think that I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a little bit of a two and a half here. All right, um, Beth, would you like to talk about Black Delicious a little bit? Uh, sure. Um, I I didn't really know. Like, there's a bunch of like foley work for lack yes. of a better term. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that I really liked. Uh, it it was fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It kind of because it was put over kind of like a. Not, and I don't, I really don't mean this like derogatorily. Like it was kind of just put over a garage band beat. Sure. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then it had some fun, like, like I said, like fully work, like the, like whatever Bunsen burner or whatever dropping yeah. and yeah. sizzling. That was cool. Um, <laughs> and, and really faintly in the back, the guy going, shit. I didn't hear. Oh my gosh. I have not heard that. Have, I don't listen- know that I've ever heard that. I've, and I've been listening to this song for many, many. I years. was listening <laughs> to it, and and they're just they're going on, and he's like, "Careful, careful with those ingredients. They can explode and blow up if you drop them, and they hit the." <laughs> 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 um. Yeah, I think I I think I'm gonna be a little more. I, I think it added to the um like atmosphere of the song. Um, for sure. I think I'm gonna give it a three. Okay. All right. Mr. David? Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to ever discount the musicality of rap music because it is there. No, absolutely not. Um right. And it's it, it's it's about, you know, it becomes about rhythm, the beats, um the choice of samples to some degree. Sure. It's a little sure. that can be in production, but you know, the overall 
way those work together there. Um, it's funny you mentioned right. GarageBand beats. I was actually looking it up, and these are actually from um, drum improvisational drum loops from two like well-known technical drummers that were made for like stereo equipment in the 80s <laughs> um so that's yeah. where these drum loops come from i'm so excited i i will never ever uh I, I i doubt i will ever be as excited to get to production as i am today yeah. like <laughs> and uh I, I the what i kept coming back to was i thought it's it's so interesting because it goes in so many different directions it stops on a dime and then loops in yeah. a different way but i the one question I kept yeah. asking myself was why? Why there's no groove to hook into in this song. They right. give you, he's, you know, Cut Chemist starts to give you one and then they boom, switch it around. Right. And so at some point, musically, it feels like this isn't, this is A, all about the lyrics, but B, it almost feels like it's, it's just the lyrics were centered around these samples that they found and they kind of slapped together. Now it's done way more artfully right. than that, but you get the, sure. <laughs> you get that vibe a little bit, and so where I yeah. wound up, where I settled was at a three with that. That it's so intricate and so well produced in that way that mm-hmm. the musicality is there. It's just a little eh feeling. Right. I mean, like if you look at like um, a tribe called Quest or um, like. Uh, you know, even like like Busta Rhyme stuff or, or uh, Wu Tang stuff, like the the musicality of like what you're talking about, the samples that they use is like a star of it. Like, and then you have you know lyrics over top of it. But this is sort of like almost that. But and like other points on the album have that more. But this feels like a stunt. I mean, it's it, this is this is pretty much a stunt song. Yeah. Like it's like, all right, the, you know, can you say it faster? I can do anything let's do it mm-hmm. you know um so yeah I, I i agree with all of those points well i keep coming back around to things like you know this is america by donald glover which mm-hmm. we are in a phase of rap especially with with southern rap and atlanta rap now where it has become very explicitly musical oh well yeah i mean look at uh look at a um to pump a butterfly i mean like that was basically a jazz that was basically a, a you know more of a jazz album with rap on it than Maybe more than any Tribe Called Quest album. I'm not sure. I I, I don't want to I don't want to put that down on record. But like it was it was basically a jazz <laughs> album with with you know really great rapping on top of it. Okay, well uh, let's move into uh, I get this is this is clearly going to be a very quick category. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just joking. Um, let's move into lyrics. Uh, Beth, would you like to talk about the lyrics of this particular song? Uh, yes, they are the best part. <laughs> 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 there are. So many incredible layers to this song that I just I like I just I don't have the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down um, a couple of a couple of chunks of the lyrics, I guess that I um, so like a lot of people um, and I it's kind of hard to tell if this um, interpretation of the song is just like said by one person and then kind of uh, snowballed or if um, multiple people came to this conclusion. But I like it. It's the theory that the WASP is like the church's anti-homosexuality stance. Oh, whoa. Um, and uh, so he, um, there's, a, there's a part in the song where he's talking about his best friend. He says, oh, how I meant to tease him. Oh, how I meant no harm. Touching his back with my hand, I kiss him. I see the WASP on the length of my arm. Mm. Um, and... That, the, 
I hadn't realized it until I was really reading up today. The oh how I meant to tease him. Oh how I meant no harm. That's like when you get in trouble. Yeah. That's like I didn't mean to. Right. <laughs> like, I really didn't mean to. I didn't mean to do anything. I was just you know I was just kissing him. It's, right. I was just teasing. Right. Yeah. It's such mm. a um, and I think that's kind of part of why like it's it's like almost just like devastating that that just that thought um yeah and the wasp is on the length of his arm his um they're on his shoulder my best friend is bit seven times seven is a biblical number seven you wash yourself seven times and you will be cleansed apologize 70 times seven times um have seven priests carry trumpets of, of horns in front of the ark on the seventh day blow them and march around the city and the city will fall Seven is a very important number, and I and I uh, have too much faith in Sufjan's lyrical ability to, to to say that he didn't do it on purpose. Um, oh, absolutely! <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that would be foolish. I think you're you're right not to not to uh, rely on that being a coincidence. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there another another part. Um, terrible sting and terrible storm. I can I can tell you the day we were born. Like you know, again calling back to that wasp. Terrible sting. The thought of like having queer feelings for somebody when you're eight let's just say he's eight because that's how old he is in the story that he keeps telling you know when you're eight years old and terrible storm like the the swirling emotions and stuff like that i can tell you the day we were born you know everyone like the day we were born like i a lot of people say you know oh i was born when you know i had my first child or oh i was born when blah 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 blah, blah. you know this realization right. this like um i don't know this just identity that he's kind of come to um realize about himself he he was you know they were both born that day so um i have a bunch of quotes from some people uh okay so i have two quotes one of them is from the commenter aron on um genius uh the wasp is a metaphor for the church's anti-homosexuality stance seeing it refers to his sudden realization that his feelings are supposedly morally wrong the wasp resting on his arm, rather than hovering around them, shows that his fear of, of his attraction is betraying his faith and is very much internalized and could sting at any moment. Like swatting a wasp, attempting to push that fear away threatens to make it worse. Um, and then this is from um, uh, Peyton on the niche. They ranked um, all 293 Sufjan songs, and this was number one. Huh. Um, wow. Okay. There are more wow. ambitious songs in Sufjan's catalog, sure, and uh, songs of greater cultural importance. But Predatory Wasp is his finest moment, his masterpiece, the song that first drew me to him and the song that will never, ever let me go. I would like hmm. to be brave enough someday to press a kiss to someone's face and not flinch. Not imagine the kiss as an act of violence against myself, against the person upon whom I'm inflicting love. I'm not there, though, not yet. And until I arrive, I need Predatory Wasp. I need this song because I need to feel human. I need this song because I need to know that love is still possible. I need this song because I need to remember that the sting is not, never was, my fault. Wow. Where is that? It's on The Niche. Um, the it's the tagline for the website is a website for five people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I like it. I mean, the lyrics themselves, just like the we were in love, we were in love, palisades, palisades, like the layered over and you know try as i might i listen as hard as i can i cannot hear him saying lamb of god we sound the horn hallelujah to us your ghost is born hallelujah i cannot wow. hear it when i listen <laughs> to it it's there but i can't hear it um but like layer layering like hymns and like the um 
nature of Illinois and the camp over We Were in Love, mm. Palisades. It's, um, it's like, it's just the most, um, just rapturous, like rapture is a great way to describe it. It's just the most rapturous, like, moment in the song. It's, it's unreal. It's just like, it, this, this moment, whether or not this actually happened to Sufjan, whether or not he actually was in love with this friend of his, clearly this summer at camp meant everything to him at that time in his life and the just the combination of the swell of the music and the repetition of the lyrics layered over religious imagery and like nature imagery is like something like it's it's like it's poetry at like the highest level in songwriting (laughs) like yeah (laughs) i just I, i can't i can't think of a better just a better song that he wrote that is is more meaningful and like universal in a really strange specific way. Anyway, I'm right. a four. Obviously, it's a four. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> It'd be weird if you're like so like a three. I'm thinking a two and a half. <laughs> yeah. David, hit me. Why? Why did you hit me in the heart that hard? I know, for real. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's sublime. It's beautiful. I think um, two more words that I thought of were bliss and revelation. Revelation. Yeah. Um, Very revelatory. But that, that revelatory nature... You know, one thing I thought about originally, because I, did, I had no context with the predatory, and that was the one that got to me. The lighter side of that, I almost think of the wasp as a Cupid-like figure. An yeah. inescapable love. That you, you cannot escape these feelings. And, and it's so interesting that she mentioned these lyrics. And, you know, yes, it's the guilt of the church, but it's also just his own internal struggle with that his own yeah, internal absolutely. fear and guilt over thinking that well everyone tells me this is wrong so it must be wrong mm-hmm. and it's not <laughs> it's yeah. perfectly fine but this is a song that deals with that I, I think that's where we talk about the universal nature of it in that everyone has a moment like this regardless of where that sits what he's done is that he's made it impactful personally to people who may not necessarily be queer, but can understand that <laughs> in such a beautiful, poetic way. Mm-hmm. And just doing that alone gets you a four, not to mention then all of the iconography, the poetry, the thoughtfulness that goes into it. We, yep. we should be giving this a six, basically. <laughs> we only have four, so it gets a four. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, the other thing that I, if I may, uh, may have a, a third option, predatory wasp. To me, I think there's, I, th- I don't think it's any accident that a wasp is also like white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Yep. Like, like the, <laughs> I, I think of as, um, I think, I think I count as that um, because I check those boxes. But like, when you hear about wasps as a group, it's like judgy and like Mm -hmm. looking down noses and like super like so like i think there's an element of that sort of like what will you know like the predatory wasp being like a human being too is i think not uh not completely wrong i think that all these interpretations are are uh, you know amazing and beautiful and um i need to listen to this album again with the context of of this song being more of a centerpiece and less of a sort of like 
yes, this song is also on the album, and it's very good, and you sing along, and it's very good. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that... Uh, I think it would have been evidence of my not uh, listening, or paying attention, or something, if I gave this anything less than a four, because clearly multiple interpretations of the lyrics that are all valid and all speak to the larger theme um, the uh, repetition of we were in love, we were in love, Palisades, Palisades, as sort of a like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my yeah. god. Like like driving home in the back seat, just being like, you know, you know, just riding on, on wings, you know, above the car because it was a it was a very good, you know, time at camp this summer. Mm-hmm. And just being like, uh, you know, all the all the lyricism of before transported into like I, I only have like four words now and I just repeat them over and over and over yeah. again. So um I think that the lyrics being great is is one thing and the lyrics being great and also telling the story through what they look like is just next level stuff. So let's let's just go fours across the board and begin construction of the of the you know the golden calf of this song. Hell yeah um, Sufjan coming through <laughs> 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 All right, so uh, not a lot of people talk about how great Death Cab lyrics are anymore, but David, would you like to buck the trend and, and, and for once make a stand on Death take Cab writing lyrics? Take a stand on Death Cab lyrics, please. <laughs> I'm begging you. There's only Someone, please stand up for them. <laughs> I'm, I'm very comfortable sitting at the moment. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, th- it starts off with the line, the glove compartment is inaccurately named and everybody knows it. It's one of the best first lines of a song of all time. Because you Great. because at that point you have no idea where he's headed. None. Right. And he turns yeah. it into a metaphor for a breakup and does it gorgeously and with economy. You know, what's interesting is the difference in these songs and I'm going to go ahead and say I would give this a 4, but the interesting thing is I don't know that it's it's a totally different 4 than I would give for Sufjan. Sufjan is writing this gorgeous, incredibly poetic story, whereas Ben is trying to create this metaphor and image in as few words as he needs to. Yeah. And uses this idea of the glove compartment and the title and registration to talk about the larger theme of losing someone he loves and being mm-hmm. remi- and having the memory of that be there when you go to reach in. Because that's the central image of the song, going to your glove compartment, looking for something, and finding pictures, and then all of those memories flooding back of yeah. the sadness and, you know, lying awake at night the, uh, as your taillights faded east to find a better life. Uh, the, other, yeah. the other thing I really love is he uses a ton of slant rhyme in that song. If you mm. really list, look at those words, he, all of the rhyme is not 100% dead on. And I feel like that adds to what the music's doing, which is very unresolved. The whole yeah. thing is continually looping and continually coming back around. And the end of the song doesn't end on sort of a satisfying chord. It ends in sort of this weird limbo. And the right. lyrics feel the same way. So I, I'd give him a four. Like I say, it's just a different kind of four. <laughs> because right. I don't want to I, I don't want to say that he's better he's necessarily as good as the poetry of wasp of the palisades i mean i i, I told you i'd give that one a six right uh, it's a different kind it's of a, poetry. it's a different kind of poetry and a, and a different kind of refined writing that he's doing here which i think is so so good mm-hmm. yeah yep absolutely 
Uh, so four from David. Beth? I actually really don't like the opening line. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't like it. I love this song. I'm not like... <laughs> I was just... It's, it, 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 I guess I have to like factor in 2002 right because <laughs> like it kind of reminded me of like an opening stanza of a song from zombies aliens vampires dinosaurs by hello goodbye uh-huh okay okay <laughs> um maybe that's just because the first time i listened to this i was just like oh okay and yeah. then like as i kept listening to it i like i was like oh i get it obviously this is a metaphor i took english right. um <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just haven't really been able to shake that first kind of like, oh, oh mm. Mm. that's my own bias, though. I I love, I I was searching for some legal document as the rain beat down on the hood when I stumbled upon pictures I tried to forget. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. it's such a, like, a intense, I, I, yeah, I mean, like, have, have we not all found pictures of our exes at the bottom of a drawer and you're yeah. just like and then you just like sit down on the edge of the bed and just stare at it for like yeah. an hour or as i call it friday you know? <laughs> just every friday every single one <laughs> <laughs> so i think to be true to myself uh i think i'm gonna give it a three and a half okay okay i it's still very good all right and um yeah i i know what you're talking about beth um I think that this is, because this is a quintessential Death Cab song, it has that element of uh, examining a, an everyday thing very closely. Mm-hmm. But the first line of this, the glove compartment is inaccurately named, and everybody knows it basically like, glove compartment? I don't even have any gloves in there. Um, <laughs> it feels like a joke. Right, well, yeah. And it sort of almost feels like the glove compartment is inaccurately named. Hear me out. <laughs> like, it's like, like, and I'm going to tell you why that this line, which feels inane, is going to the next time you hear it, ha, you know, you know that there's a meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first verse almost feels like a prelude. Like I was searching for some legal document is the first line of of the second verse, mm-hmm. which feels like. Anyways, here's the story. I was looking for my title and registration. Yeah. Uh, that's the name of the song. Is the it almost feels like the first verse is like all right here's my thesis, glove compartment often contains things that aren't gloves which don't keep you know things that don't keep your hand warm like legal papers and stuff. I happen to find pictures. Anyways, let's tell you about how that made me feel. Today I was listening to it and the uh, the line uh, where disappointment and regret collide really 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 sparkled for me. Like I just like the the, the first time he goes through it he's like. You know, he, he says it sort of straight, and then in the you know after the after the solo, he comes back to that, and like there's like this gorgeous like harmony part that is really cool, um, that really sort of you know kind of like highlights and sort of grabs my ear and is like, hey, listen to that. I totally agree with what you're saying, David. Like it's so deceptive. You were saying in your intro like how it's like it's just as simple as that. It's it can fit into yep. an elevator pitch, but it's it's like it's like almost like you know, and within that elevator pitch contains multitude it's also as complex as you as you would think it would be too um with like what does all this mean sort of the emotional depth behind it and all of that conveyed through these lyrics um which are simple but like the best the best ben gibbard lyrics are ones where you're like i know what he was feeling and i really and i realize like all lyrics are the best ones are the ones where you feel that but i still i especially feel like death cab and also postal service 
you know, Technocab <laughs> are the best when you're like, this is such a simple concept that I can tell you what it what it's about in a sentence, but then you listen to it and it's about yep. so much more. Um, I think I think I'm gonna go three and a half as well. It never has that um, what Sarah said moment where I'm like, the ground drops no. out beneath me and now I'm I'm. I'm I literally was just doom. thinking of that. Like yeah. I was thinking of that first. Like, and it came to me then that every plan is a tiny gift from Father Time. Uh, like, right. that's a I line. That <laughs> yeah, and I was I was thinking of. Um, well, I was what thinking Sarah of who's going to watch you die. <laughs> I was yeah, I was thinking of what Sarah said. Yeah, and I was thinking of but who's going to watch you die, and it's yeah. sort of like, like just like pl- like there's no now the ground is well, not there anymore. Transatlanticism, mm-hmm. um, we just chant. I need you so much closer. Right. I need, I need right. you so much closer. Oh, right. This is a um, podcast about death cab for cutie. <laughs> yeah. Scrap everything else. Um, <laughs> four syllables, four words, death cab yep. for cutie. Death okay, cab for um, cutie. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that it's, it's excellent. Um, but I do, I do know that, that Ben Gibbard can push himself just, just that one extra, extra step further. Okay. So black delicious <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> As a chemist, no, no, no I'm not going to start like that. Um, I, I was waiting though, so for you to start that way. Let's be <laughs> honest. Let, all right, let's all right, let's start there. Um, as far as I can tell, not having looked at any any lyrics per se, because I listened to it at a time when I, I wasn't really doing that for this Blackalicious. I, as far as I can tell, all of these chemical references are 100% correct, which is very cool. That is cool. Um, I really like, uh, especially the part where he says, um, you know, a sodium silicate S1, SiO3, a water glass. I'm like, that is a water glass. <laughs> you silly man. Um, but like, you know, uh, mixing very quick uh, conveyance with accurate uh, readings of multisyllabic chemical names and stuff and, and chemical concepts, uh, you know, where I, I I would I would challenge uh, our listeners to find other songs with the word hydrocarbons in it, and especially ones that that convey it as cool and make hydrocarbons sound as funky as uh, as the gift of gab does in this song. However, oh. <laughs> um, so the lyrics are excellent. However, when you said before uh, during the music, you keep asking yourself why. I thought, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because I was, so I was sort of like you, Beth. I was, I was sort of like, okay, well, I can't give every song every week all fours just because it's the one I picked and I like it. So why is the, is the big, is the big tripping point for this song? And it's really rough that, that I scheduled us to talk about these songs in this order because both Sufjan and Death Cab have songs that we're talking about today that are like so they're like short stories or like yeah. very evocative poems that it's like yep i got i have that imagery and plot and all that locked down this is like here's some chemicals fast why cuz i can do it and like you know okay that's big to 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 have done it is 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 a reason i think it sort of feels like it feels like a, a measure of like athleticism for athleticism's sake which is sort of to get into, I guess, like, why do sports happen? Which is maybe a good question. But, like, it's sort of <laughs> like, hey, I can, I can run over there really fast. Okay, why would you do that? I don't know, because I can do it. Watch me. Um, is sort of the vibe I get. So, I'm going to grade this as a three and a half, because I think that 
the feet. It's like if you said, hey, watch me dive for no reason other than to watch me dive, but then the dive was, like, really fucking cool. Yeah. That. Uh, so I'm going to give a three and a half for the Black Delicious. Yeah, that was my, when I was listening to it, I was like, well, the, objectively, this is a cool song. Because, right. but it reminded me of, there's a One Direction song, um, uh-huh. entirely comprised of song titles. Oh, really? What's it called? It's called Better Than Words. It's not a good song. <laughs> Too bad, I'm listening I'm to it. I'm a huge One Direction fan. Not a good song. Um, but it kind of... And, and when that song happened, I was like, okay, but you did it, <laughs> I guess. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but why? And this is kind of... It's... it's. I did have that same... When you, when you said it's just like, why is the crux of these lyrics? I'm like, yeah, that's mainly what I've been getting stuck on as well, is like... It is cool, like oh my gosh, like the like the the speed is just like insane. It's incredible. Right. It's like that um god, what's that song called? Um is it black and yellow? I don't think so. But um the one that goes like why are you hating from outside of the club, you can't even get in and then it goes into <laughs> uh, it looks like Look at Me Now by Look Chris at me Brown now. featuring oh my Lil gosh. Wayne and Buster Rhymes. I love that song senior year of high school. Anyway. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's incredible. And I'm always, and this is like one of my greatest personality traits is that I'm always fascinated by people who do things that I can't do. And this guy, <laughs> this guy is doing something that I never in 12,000 years would be able to do. And I appreciate that. And the lyrics call for that kind of like, right. because what, if, if not, you're just saying words and it's like, yeah, this is a song, but it didn't have to be a song. I think I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Okay. I think so because of the obscurity of the chemistry references that are being made here, I think the metaphor is getting Mm -hmm. muddled because I think the point of the song is, yes, I can do this. And he's saying that by what he's saying here. A couple of ones that I actually caught were red geranium. The only difference is I transmit sound balance was unbalanced. (laughs) Then you add a little talent in. (laughs) And so as he's talking about, you know, as we get to the last bit where we're where we're increasingly speeding up the the lyrics, he's going, I'm calcium plus potassium, magnesium, newspaper of sodium sulfate. He's talking about things that are going to explode, which is what he's about to do. And I think I think the issue is it's so dense. At first, I I, I would be inclined to agree with you, but he's peppering these metaphors in. And it is a it is a bragging song, but he's doing it by the references he's making. I would give this a three and a half, and I would say for anybody who thinks this is really cool, you really should go listen to Alphabet Aerobics, because that song yeah. is a four, because the lyrics do make sense as he goes along. And the whole concept of that song right. is, for every two stanzas, he goes A, B, words that start with A, B, C, D, it's alliteration as he goes along. And then it consistently mm-hmm. speeds up as it goes. The other thing is, I don't think the point of this is to tell a story. And a lot of rap isn't. Right. right. But there is, there is a central metaphor. I think the flaw is that it's so deep buried under this science, the, the science language right. and jargon that you wouldn't know it unless you're able to clue in on that. So right. I'm going to go three and a half as well. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, so uh, before we get into production, I'm going to uh, talk about just really quick who produced each song. Um, Bl- the Black Delicious song was produced by Cut Chemist, uh, who is a member of Jurassic Five, who were 
uh, a rap group that I'm not sure are still a rap group or if they... No, it says is, so it looks like they broke up in 2007, got back together in 2013, and are still together. So, yay. Um, So he is a DJ on it. He produced uh, Alphabet Aerobics, as we talked about, uh, which is subtitled The Cut Chemist Two-and-a-Half-Minute Workout (laughs) from A to G, which I think was the Blacklicious EP before their first album. Uh, He produced the Jurassic 5 album Quality Control and Power in Numbers. He also produced this song and then other Jurassic 5 songs and Lyrics Born songs. So that was Cut Chemist. Uh, His real name is Lucas McFadden. So I thought it was really funny. So this Blacklicious song was produced by someone not associated with Blacklicious at all. Then the Death Cab song was produced by Chris Walla, who was a (laughs) member of Death Cab for Cutie. Um, He produced just so much Death Cab for Cutie until he left and his last Death Cab album was Kintsugi. He just wrote on he produced his last, it looks like the Open Door EP was his last production. No, Codes and Keys. Right. Codes and Keys looks like the last produced Death And then Cab simultaneously album. produced he did every some. other Seattle indie artist's album. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, his, his, production, his production list is, is wild. He, pre- he produced, among other things, uh, he produced um, The Crane Wife by The Decemberists, mm. um, which is uh, an album that I really like. Uh, he also produced stuff by Ra Ra Riot and The Thermals and Someone Still Loves You, Boris Yeltsin, Rocky Votolato. If you were cetera, ever on, if you were so ever on Barsuk Records, Chris Walla probably produced your album. <laughs> right, right, yeah, not a surf, and so yeah, that Chris Walla being in the band, uh, you'd think that was as close to uh, you know self production as you can get until you get to Sufjan Stevens, who produced this, uh, the this Sufjan song. He produced it uh, himself is the is the credit that is given on Wikipedia, uh, and he produced the whole the whole album, and that is the only producer listed. So he did it himself, and I think that is something <laughs> to be said. So uh, let's get into uh, a bit of the production. Beth, let's find our way through this forest <laughs> of production. Uh, uh, well, I'm not going to talk super long. I think I kind of got into it when it sounds like very, like, it's one of his cleaner-sounding songs. I mean, Illinois in it as a whole is some of his cleaner sounding music. It's super clean and it adds, I think, to the story that it's telling. I think if it were, I'm gonna give it a three. I don't really know. <laughs> okay, so you gave it a three? I did. Um, David? I wound up giving it a three as well. One of the things that um, that got me with the song, the horns come in so quickly and abruptly in the mix and this song is so gentle and I, I, mm. I swear, I listened to this song and I was like, could you just please put a cello on this song? Please put a cello on this <laughs> song. I was just begging for it. I was like, I need some kind of strings because the vision is so mm. lush, yet he's, he's been very spare with the arrangement and how things are mixed. And I think occasionally right. it jars you away from that a, a little. Um, it's not that it's bad. It's just I, I wanted so much more. And I was like, if you put this in front of a right. whole orchestra, my God, it's gorgeous. You know, the thing I, I always think about, the producer is basically the director of an album. Like, it's their job to yeah. work with the artist to get things mixed and sounding the way they want to say, hey, maybe this sound should go here or this, or maybe we rearrange these verses because it makes more sense. And in this case, Sufjan's yeah. doing it all himself. so he's And that's so appropriate yeah. for this album, dude. Like, mm-hmm. it, director is like, they could have they credited him as director, and I would have been totally fine with that. It's, it's basically, sometimes, it, especially like the title track, feels to me like 
it's it's the opening you know song of a musical that mm. I don't know you know that that I that doesn't exist. Yeah, I think, I think that's, the production think sets it firmly in its time and in a way that is occasionally slightly distracting, but still incredibly incredibly clean as we put it and incredibly clear so that we can hear the story that's being told which is very important yeah i i I can agree with that i think so my my guide in this through this labyrinth of of (laughs) talking about production is does it sound right like does it sound like what i'm supposed to hear like does it sound intentionally done you know as as much as possible and i think that I'm going to give this a three and a half because I think that everything that he's doing here, he's doing with intention and he's doing for a purpose. I think that the softer parts going into the louder parts um, is intentional and, and completely he's doing it completely on purpose. I think that the horns, I think, call back to other parts of the album, which, you know, I know we're talking about the song, so that, that can be neither here nor there. But I think that for my in my estimation of of what i look at as good production i think that everything he's doing here he's doing with intention and like the layering and putting all sorts of stuff on it at the end where in the story is the confusion that that the the character is feeling i think that 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 gets uh, a little bit of a bump up for me uh to three and a half i dig it i'm gonna write down three and a half and now david would you like to talk about the production of death gap i mean chris walla is pretty masterful as a producer. All of these songs, you know, Ben's lyrics are really good. The songwriting is really good. None of their music would be as hailed or as beautiful as it is if it were not for the production value put into it. There's no wasted space on this mix, including the silences. In like, you know, when we just first have that beat with the, the guitar, it is absolutely a perfect mix. We have that that tiny little bit of blank space because we need to hear it there and everything is everything is perfectly balanced to hear the way you need to hear it especially in the fact that you can hear all the instruments which is hard to do with the mix but you can hear the bass and the guitar and it's a little muddy but if you're really listening or if you've got really good headphones or speakers you can hear both the drum machine and the actual drums themselves because Mm. By the second verse, they're actually playing the drum kit. It sounds like a major label debut. I mean, there's no getting around that. The amount of money they have <laughs> to produce this album is evident by the production right. of it. You know, I, 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 I docked it a half a point because there's nothing unique about it that I would say. Right. It's But it's just hard. It's hard because... There's no overblown production, but you don't need that for this song. Every every choice they've made does a good job. I think it I think it falls in line with how you felt about Sufjan. It's it's that every choice is intentional. It's made to f- enhance the way the song sounds, and therefore, it, while it doesn't blow you away with some of the choices it makes, it's so well done that it gets a three and a half. Okay, that makes sense to me, Beth. Yes, that was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, um, it is just, I mean, I don't really, I'm not gonna, I agree, three and a half. I'm not not gonna (laughs) act like I know what I'm talking about. I just like the way it sounds. (laughs) Right, go for it. Right. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna give it a three and a half as well. I think that it could, again, that I can think of other Death Cab songs that do what I think this is going for better production-wise is causing me to, to feel good about a three and a half. I think that it knows what it wants to do, but it's not 
breaking any new ground. So I'll go. I mean, I would say that Kath or I will possess your heart are way bigger feats of production than this. I love I will product. But the way the way those are produced and the the ambiance is set and mixed plays a much bigger role for sure. Um, All right. So the production of Black Delicious, I'm going to tell you right now, this is where I'm going to give it a four because this could sound like shit if it wasn't done with someone who knew what they were doing. And clearly, I think we've already talked about how like they started from, okay, Cut Chemist is going to come back and do another song so we know that we can do this level of thing. So we were already working with this is going to sound cool, let's just make it sound, add the ingredients to make it sound cool, sort of like in a chemistry sort of way. (laughs) But I think that uh, we were talking about like the Foley work and the samples and the transitions from, from... this sound to that sound to this sound to that sound and then it stops and then all aboard the yeah. night train and then it picks up speed and you hear the you know the choo-choo of the train and just like everything it's overwhelming how coolly produced this is i think the fact that they brought in a different producer entirely from just someone else's producer and like a dj to come in and make this song means that like the production of it is something that they wanted us to consider you know they even say mm. That isn't the like one of the last parts of the song. This has been a a, a black delicious cut chemist creation or something like that. Like it's like they wanted to be like, all right, this is something that we crafted together. So look at every aspect of it, and I think that really comes down to production. Mm-hmm. So I gave it a a four because I think that this could have sounded like like garbage if anything was not operating, you know, at absolute top levels. And I just you know. For me, the sound of the test tubes crashing to the ground yeah. right on the beat is just like, I love it. So, yes. So, I give it a four. Beth? I agree. Um, I have changed some of my answers in the recording. This is one that I have not and will not. Um, I think it's the coolest sounding of all of these songs, <laughs> for sure. Just in a kind of like a lizard brain uh-huh. <laughs> kind, mm-hmm. kind sure. of way. Just like, sure. wow, different sounds than I normally hear. <laughs> 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 that has value. Um, so, uh, yeah, four as well. Yeah, it's a four. Cool, 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 it's an easy four. This song was written uh, around those yeah. beats. The lyrics were yeah, written around absolutely. that. The production is the star of this whole song. So, it's hands down. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that was easy. Um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the re-listenability of this Sufjan Stevens. Hey, I'm really sorry, guys. I think I might have to go here soon. We'll speed it up. Okay. Um, like... Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm really okay. sorry. Let's talk a very little bit about it. Let's let's you know one or two sentences. Okay. That's fine. I think we've gotten into the parts that we want to talk about. I think we can speed this. Yeah. Up. Okay. Cool. Well, I mean, this is really not fair for me. <laughs> I can't really like. <laughs> I really can't be like. It's my favorite Sufjan song, and it it's one of the ones that means the most to me. I do have to be in a certain mood to listen right. to it. So that's just Sufjan in general, though. I can't just, like, pop it in on a summer day with the windows down, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, he's, like, talking about bone cancer, and I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess I'll give it a three and a half, um, just by uh, virtue of um, this really, does, I, even though it is kind of a celebratory song, at the same time, I do have to kind of, like, factor in this it, it, it is sad it, yeah. it, it is sad in a way um which is fine for some times but not for most times i gave it Absolutely. i gave it that score for the exact same reason it's and it's not even it's not even necessarily sad but it's emotional and it's very cathartic that's a better word for it it's incredibly it has a lot it of does. heavy emotions um, and also yeah. the length does just 
because of how extended the length goes with the same the, the same song, I do think that's a part of it where it's like, it's not one you necessarily want to repeat. I want to have it, digest it, enjoy it, and then come back to it a little bit later. <laughs> and so, yeah. Yeah. Okay, for me, um, it I want to re-listen to it, but I want to re-listen to it as part of the whole album. So, to me, it was it was a little bit frustrating to be like, right, just this one part. Okay, uh-huh. this was one part of this this larger thing. So, I gave it a three just because... As part of the whole album, I, I like it, its placement and its positioning more than I liked listening to just the one part over and over again. So, okay, so Death four. Cab, relistenability. Okay. Uh, also four. It's such an <laughs> earworm, man. Like, there's no way around it. Yeah, it really, yeah. like like I said, like, this really has been the one that has stuck with me this whole week. Just like, just like the pounding of the drums and the, yep. I love it. Um, I actually increased my listenability of Sufjan up a half a point because I have had that one in my, in my head all week. Oh, all right, good! So. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so Death Cab, I'm going to give it three and a half because I love it. I love re-listening to it, but I would rather be listening to Plans. So three and a half for that oh, one. Oh, that's me like with every there music, you though. Go. <laughs> probably true. I would just that's probably true. rather be listening to Plans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to give the Black Alicia song a three and a half. I love it. Um, there are catchier songs on the album, and once you get over the athleticism of it, it still sounds cool, but like I think fourth listen in a row, it would be sort of done for me, uh, yeah. and I love this a lot. So uh, three and a half from me. Beth? Uh, I'm going to give it a three. It's a fun song, but it's a fun song in the way that like you kind of show your friends, like, listen to this song. Isn't it weird? Right. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. So, um, so I don't think it deserves a two and a half, but I don't think it deserves a three and a half. So, three. okay, uh, I'm a three and a okay. half. It took me a little David. while for it to grow on me, but this beat does go in a, in a linear rhythm at some point, and it. Uh, this is a song I would get obsessed with because I need to understand all of the depth of metaphor he's doing here. <laughs> <laughs> I need to study chemistry sure. so I can get the point of the song. Well, I majored in chemistry. I have to go back to college. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. All right. Now the reason, the reason we're all here, all right. right? Yeah, exactly. Syllables. I think I just listened to uh, the intro again, and we said the pertinence and importance of the multiple syllable word in the title to yes. the meaning of the song. Mm. Is that what we all? Cool. All right, cool. Beth, your word is predatory. Go. Um, I think predatory <laughs> um, is the crux of the song i think okay. the 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 um it's kind of like the flies and call me by your name mm. the wasp is the is the metaphor it is the metaphor and um sufyan is kind of like it is predatory in that in his story that he tells he sees a wasp scary big wasp flying but um it makes you read into it in a certain way that could be like anything like predatory how predatory in right. that it wants to take advantage of you predatory in that it wants to hurt you right. like it's such an interesting like a uh, multi-layered thing that i think i'm gonna give it um i think i'm gonna give it a four okay same four i was actually curious okay. on this one because at first i i was gonna give it a three i didn't understand that metaphor now that you put it put out that lyrics meaning makes so much sense to me and it is so deep and meaningful to the nature of the song itself yeah it's a four yeah yeah i i yeah i'm gonna say f- four too because it the pred- the word predatory belies the nature of the song but then comes back around and yeah. justifies it so it sort of it does i think that word does hinge make the entire song hinge on it all right uh registration it, it does point to the metaphor but it points to it in that sort of cheeky way that i know that we we it, it belies the better message that's there 
And it's really talking about right. the legal document he was looking for in his glove compartment. Right. You know, I think it's good, but I don't think it gets at the deeper root of what this song is about. And so, and okay. you know, there are Death Cab titles that much better fit the point of the song. Yeah. So right. I, gave it, I gave it a three. This was not its strongest category. Okay. Beth? Uh, I agree. I think three is fine. Um, this, uh, I like the name of the song, but I think that uh, it, yeah, it, it, it's not as, it, it doesn't pack as much of a punch, I feel like, as like what Sarah said or um, uh, some boys. I love that. I don't know why. I just love, anyway. So three. Okay. Yeah, I'll go I'll go. I'll go with a three and a half, just because this seems like what I would title a song that I wrote <laughs> called this, and feel incredibly clever about it. And I want to uh, support myself in in my feeling of clever, so I'm going to okay. say three and a half. <laughs> All right. So my word is calisthenics. Um, I think once again, this is the crux of it. It's an ac- it's an athletic thing. It's a reference. It's a it's alliterative with chemical in a reference to how alphabetic aerobics was alliter- uh, you know alliterative or assonative to athletic or to alphabet or whatever i think that it is you know you know from the word calisthenics that this is going to be you know he's going to be out of breath at the end of it yeah. and um, i think that that it 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 delivers on that i'm going to give it a i'm going to give it a 4 I'm also and i'm also going to give it a 4 <laughs> we made that easy <laughs> all right beth if you have to go i can wrap up and you can find out who won later um, yeah, that would be great, actually. First, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want me to yeah. plug or do? Yeah, okay. pl- plug away. All right. Um, well, uh, I am on Twitter at Beth Eleanor with two R's, B E T H E L E A N O R R, and I am on Instagram at Bethstagram. Uh, that's B E F F Stagram, and uh, you can listen to my shows, which are Buffy Speak, which is a Buffy the Vampire Slayer recap podcast. Um, I have the Fourth Journal, which is a Gravity Falls recap podcast, and I have um, a actual play, <laughs> fictional horror uh, podcast called Apodolesma. So you can listen cool. to any of those, and yep, and listen to Illinois. It's a really good album. <laughs> Absolutely, and in fact, uh, I did the math while you were talking because that's when I could do it. Uh, it won. Yes, so found one. Uh, Fifty-four and a half. I'm two for then... two on competitive podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Death Cab got 53. Blacklicious behind it with half a point with 52 and a half. Wait, I got 61? Con- you got 54 and 54. a half. 54. I, I thought you said 61. I was like, pardon? That doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, awesome. That was Yay. So and congratulations. such good songs. <laughs> another, sta- exactly. another statement for Sufjan Stevens' supremacy in the human race. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Right. Beth, thank, thank you so, so much for being on with us. You guys are the Take best. Care. I love you so love much. You <laughs> <laughs> love you too. Talk bye, to you later. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, it's James from Track Meet here. You know, the podcast you just listened to. Um, just wanted to do some end of the podcast housekeeping. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Track Meet Cast. Uh, I believe we're also at Track Meet Cast uh, at gmail.com for emails. Um, I think it's trackmeetcast.home.blog for uh, the blog that we never update. That one's not a really good uh, thing for you to go check out. We have a Facebook group. Uh, if you search Track Meet Podcast, uh, you can join that. Um, but mostly the Twitter at TrackMeetCast. Um, I am at uh, Unabashed James, and uh, David is at Big Mac and Pod. Uh, Beth gave her stuff, so I think that's going to do it. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, we're sort of figuring out guests on this one, so uh, we'll uh, we'll have some more guests uh, next time. And uh, for, until then, uh, from David and me and Beth, hashtag songfight. Thank you.